I'm your host, Evan, here with my basketball man, Matt Co. Matt, it's been a while. How you doing, brother? Man, I am so good. I am so happy to be here. Opened up the briefcase in quite a while, uh, but I'm happy to be here sitting with you, the pod father of Red and White. I'm excited, man. Let's talk some NC State basketball. Let's talk. How are you doing, man? Enough about me. I'm doing well. <clears throat> yeah? I'm doing well. I, I did want to ask you something. Yeah. Because it's the time of year when all of the little armies are out on every corner at every grocery mm. store and they are pushing their cookies like you would not believe. What's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Because I'm eating a Thin Mint right now. I'm going to be honest with you. Don't hate me, y'all. Uh, I'm not really a Girl Scout cookie guy. I'm not either. My wife is bringing them home. I, I'll right tell you corner. what. I'll tell you what, man. I'm not. And, and And the reason is, is because I look at Girl Scout cookies like I look at Lamborghinis, all right? If it's a nice car, you don't need to put stickers on it. It's already a nice car. Stop messing with it, right? It's like a Jeep. Do one or two things and leave it alone. A chocolate chip cookie is perfect in itself. I don't need the macadamia. I don't need the raisins. I don't need the peanut butter. I don't need nothing else other than a chocolate chip cookie. Obviously, I Chocolate chip cookie. It's a good one. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. A year and a half later, we got soundboard now? We got soundboard a year and a half later? Don't get fancy mm. on me, man. Come on now. Whoa! Whoa, <laughs> we got Whoa we hey got now. <laughs> you got it, all, right, all the sounds. Let's get into it. It's been a while since we've talked NT State basketball. Absolutely, um, man. Podcast been going. It's been hot and... Hot and bothered for a while, but we just had not recorded about it. And I've said this before to, you know, when Will and I were talking, even last year, it's just hard for me to get on a regular cadence with basketball. There's a couple, like multiple games a week. I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over again. I don't really want to get into breaking down box scores on basketball. It's just not entertaining for anybody. But we are <clears throat> two thirds, three quarters of the way through the season. Where's your general take on how it's going so far? Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. Um, I don't blame you. Let me just sit, sit there and say that as a diehard, lifelong, uh, true and through, I bleed NC State red um, in my blood and veins. I don't blame you for taking a step back. I have even taken a step back. If anybody knows me, they know the gym and NC State. That's the two things I care about, right? Um, even myself, I've taken a step back this year. I've really looked at things uh, uh, from a backseat perspective. So I, I don't blame the average fan. I really don't. I don't blame the diehard fan because the thing is, is that when you tell the same joke seven years in a row, it gets less and less funny. All right. It just does. So I've taken my rose colors, color glasses off and I've seen NC state for what it is and what we know now in year seven in Kevin Keys. So I don't blame you for, uh, you know, sitting back and just, you know, laying the chips out on the floor and just seeing what you got. Can't say I blame you. You know, I, I was trying to be positive all year, and I finally broke during the first half of the Virginia game, and I, I, I tweeted out we should have left them in Charlottesville. And ever since then, they've actually, they've actually played really well. And 
so I'm going to take credit for that motivation, but it's just one of those things. I've just kind of been, I kind of have my, my opinions formed, but I'm going to take in all the data. I'm going to watch the season play out. And James Henderson and I have been texting just nonstop for about three days now. Cause he just likes trolling me at this point. And I just like, I, I told you, I'm just going to wait until the end of the year. Like I, I kind of got a feeling where this is going. I hope it doesn't go that way, but yeah, I mean, I'm just, I don't know how to formulate a, you know, an opinion right now because it just changes day to day. This team is different day to day. And I said this in the yeah. pod chat earlier today when people were talking about basketball and to me, this team, and I've said it all year is, is got enough talent to win games in a bad league despite Keats, right? Despite what I think is good coaching or bad coaching. There's enough talent on this team that, and the league is bad enough that they should be top third, right? I mean, I, I feel like that's probably not asking too much given the state of state of the league. And so far they are, so I'll, I'll give them that. But I just, you know, I think the volatility of what we see game to game, it's just because that's the players. That's, that's who we are. I don't think you're getting any – Keats is getting any more or less out of them. I think he's just there, and the players are doing what the players do. Yeah. And, you know, some games are they shoot well. To me, the biggest thing, and I, <clears throat> we'll probably get into this more, but the biggest thing that I have an issue with is shot selection and basketball IQ. And those things go hand in hand. You know, if you look at the games that we've lost, and I keep posting the shot charts, it's all over the place, right? And then I'm watching the women's game, playing Louisville right now, in the first half of that game. And uh, I think it was Debbie Antonelli's on there talking about, they either shoot threes or they're making layups. And I'm like, yes, that's what successful programs are doing these days. That's college basketball. Taking these long mid-range jumpers is not a recipe for success. You take low percentage shots and you have low shooting percentage. And then you don't win some games. I mean, that's as simple as that. You know, it's when they shoot well, they're generally taking better shots. And they're passing the ball, moving it, and doing the things they're supposed to do. I'm not, I'm not going to get into, you know, the folks that say – you know, it's hero ball or whatnot. They do run a bit of an offense. Now, the ball does tend to, has a tendency to get stuck in certain positions, certain players' hands, and stop moving. But for the most part, it's you know, it's the IQ. It's the you know, you see Michael O'Connell, who the guy can't shoot a lick, but he actually knows what he's supposed to be doing with the basketball, and that's what makes his minutes valuable lately. And I think he, the team is different when he's on the floor. And the same thing with, you know, Burns. I think he's he's struggling this year. Just, you know, I don't know. I feel the team feels sluggish with him in versus oh. when Ben Middlebrooks is in the game. Yeah. I just feel like it's a different dynamic. And it's just, you know, I don't know how to I'll, I'll say this, this every week. I'll, I'll say this. I think you're, you're jumping the gun a little bit. I think everything you've said up to this point has great value. I think everything that you've touched on – is important and it needs to be talked about, but we need to get to that point. I'm looking here for a pen frantically and I'm, I'm, I can't find one. So we're just going to do this off the dome real quick. Um, let, let's talk about this real quick before we get into the stats, before we get to the facts and, and wh- whatnot that we have or haven't seen, let's just talk about this. Stating the facts and stating what we have seen on our television screen does not make you a bad fan. Let me just put that out there right real quick. I I feel like a lot of NC State fans, like I said, have these rose-colored glasses on that you've been 
and let's just say what it is, all right? Let's call a spade a spade. You've been a loser for quite some time. And a lot of these fans have seen this same team that has been a winner for quite some time become a loser over the years, progressively, okay? I'm speaking from my experience. I'm about to be 28 in March. All I know is two Sweet 16 wins in my lifetime. And that is with the GOAT, Mr. Gottfried. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I'm just kidding. But no, seriously. Everybody has this Cleveland Brown mindset of, look, we suck. We know we suck, but we can't let the other teams that we hate that kill us every time. We can't let them know that we know we suck. So as long as we kid ourselves and as long as we lie to ourselves and say, hey, this is our year. Joe Flacco's here. This is our year. We're going to run the table with 38, 39-year-old Joe Flacco. And and, and that's what's going to happen. Right? You keep kidding yourself year in and year out. This is the year. Right? I feel like a lot of NC State fans have taken this same mindset of as long as we can kid ourselves into believing that we're good, then we're good fans. Right? I get it, man. Mm-hmm. I I've, I have personally, as a young fan, have lied to myself and kid myself into believing, all right, we're not necessarily going to win the championship. We're going to make a little run. We're, we're going to make a little Elite Eight. This is, this is a top five ACC point guard. This is the number one center, you know, in the league, whatever the hell, right? I, I've kid myself into that. And I think a lot of NC State fans have now transitioned – to think that if you don't think that, then you're a bad fan and you're super negative, right? So let's let's talk about the facts. Screw the positive, screw the negative. What I really wanted to talk to with Evan about this on this specific pod, and I texted him this and he can attest to this, is I wanted to talk about NC State under Kevin Keats, all right? I'm not interested in you know, excuse one, two, three, four, five, all the way down to X, Y, and Z. I'm not, I'm not interested in that. You're in year seven. Screw your excuses. All right. Screw your feelings. We're not, we're not in that, that ballpark anymore. I've said it and I still to this day believe it. You got three years in my book. After year three, I don't give a rat's ass about your excuses. Okay. So let's talk about ACC win percentage over the last seven years, all right? Virginia, number one at seven. This is the total season, okay? Virginia, number one at 78.6. Duke, number two, number three, UNC. That's 78.6, 77.2, 67.2. Nobody's shocked at those numbers. They're elite programs. Of course, they're going to win big. They're going to win consistently. Cool? Cool. For a little bit of a shock, but... If you really think about the whole picture, not really. Virginia Tech at four, 63.2 in the last seven years. FSU at 62.8. Clemson, Clemson at 62.4% over the last seven years. The same coach that we've been on and off again, Brad Brownell, about is he the guy, is he not the guy, he's got the easiest job in the world, whatever the hell else. By these metrics over the last seven years, he's, he's a top six coach in the ACC. At number seven is NC State at 60.3. They have won 60% of their games in seven years under Keats. 
on the grand scheme of things, you're thinking, all right, that's that's not bad. That's pretty damn good, right? You're you're winning more than you're not, all right. Now I broke that down a little bit more. In the last seven years, in ACC conference wins, okay. Still, Virginia, Duke, UNC, FSU at four, Clemson at five, BT at six. At seven is NC State at 50%. In seven years, Kevin Keats is 62 and 62 in conference play, as it stands right now in February 5th of 2024. That is mediocre at best. All right, you can call me negative, you can call me this, you can call me that. I keep seeing all these rose-colored glasses fans talking about you're just negative. Think about all the, the fun, great wins. Fun don't mean you're winning. Fun means you're having fun. Winning is fun, all right? That's why they have a scoreboard. If they didn't have a scoreboard, then sports would be about fun. Sports is about winning, and you're not winning more than you're losing. You're mediocre at best. All right? I, I, I agree with you. I'm going to cut you off for the – Go for I, it because I, I'm going to tell you what, man. For all the listeners, I have been doing this for the past six and a half hours – breaking this down i am i am on a heater and 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 the pot is burning all right the bubble the water is bubbling and evan cut me off before i go crazy go for it buddy no no and i agree and that's kind of my my broader point is like i think at at nc state and i firmly believe this that your floor should be middle of the pack in the acc and we've had some aberration years where you know, Sidney Lowe sucked or Kevin Keats had a bad year. Seventh. Seventh. Yeah. Top seven. Not right? bad. And I feel like that should be your baseline. I don't think NC State should. When you say baseline, is that your floor? Is that floor, your. Yeah, sorry. So it should be your floor. I think. Okay. All right. I think that is where the program historically should put yourself, right? I, I think you can get players here that should be better than half of the league, right? And I think that's what Keats has done this year. But I don't think anybody's elevating the program. And that's kind of where I'm. my mindset is right now. It's like, and now that, you know, I'm ripping him, he's going to come out and, you know, win the last six games. But the point is, I just, I think that's, the, the program's going to carry on regardless. And people are paranoid about who you're going to hire. I hate, I hate that mentality. You know, we've been over that before, and I don't want to go down that road right now. There's a lot Eric, of coaches that can do. Eric Musselman. Sorry, keep going. Um, yeah, Musselman wants out of Arkansas. I want, the, I want the must bust, baby. Come on. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's just, to me, there's just so much. The program is what the program is. And that's how I'm. You know, Dave Dorn. People always compare, are comparing to football, right? You know, you know. You know, Dave Dorn has almost fired a couple times. Look what he's done. Granted, he has elevated the floor of the program, right? He hasn't won a championship or hadn't won anything of consequence, but he has risen the floor of the program, and you can see how that is going to progress into the next level. I'm sorry. I'm I'm battling with my dog right now. I got her a new tennis ball. She's going crazy. What what name did you say? I'm sorry. Dave Dorn, the football football program. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. They have elevated – the floor of that program. The floor, like absolutely. The, I feel like the player talent pool, I feel like well, even yeah, has. That's, yeah. that's your next step, right? It gets better. I don't think Kevin Keats has done anything with the floor 
of this program. I think we are in the middle of the pack. We've been on the middle, been on the bubble for seven, six years. We're going to be in the bubble again this year. I just feel like that's, it is what it is. Right. And that's to me is like, you can keep, you can carry on or you can take a, a risk. And I use risk lightly and find somebody else because I don't think it's that hard to build basketball programs these days. Right, you can buy your players. You can quite literally buy players. And I don't think we have identified the talent or landed the talent that you need for a program. And that's kind of where I've been. Like the talent team, and you said it before in the pod chat a lot. Like it's a bunch of decent players, right? There's no stars and there's no duds. You just have eight or nine guys that are just okay, and that's yeah. where you are. You're you're yeah. okay as a program. Yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and I touched on that. I, I did touch yeah. on that. Um, and, and we'll get into that a little bit, you know, talking about Keats as a whole. I, I look at sports. A lot of the times people like to look at sports like a what have you done for me lately type of thing. And let's we can get into that if you really want to Keats supporters. We can do that. All right. But I warn you, it's not going to bode well in your favor. But yeah, no, I, I definitely I, I dived into that. Um Growing on this whole win percentage thing, you know, Keats at seven in overall win percentage and conference win percentage, both seven, right? So this is a real easy stat to break down. Keats record against eight through 15 in that win percentage, 41 and 29, 58.5%. So not really that great, honestly, but you'll take it, right? And and I think that's the overall feel on Keats, even if you are a real Keats supporter, it's like... He's not doing great, but, you know, he's not doing necessarily bad, you know. But uh, his record against the 6 through 1%, so the top 6%, 19 and 38. 33.3% is his win percentage total in the seven years that he's been an NC State coach against those top six teams. And you might be saying to yourself, well, that's the top six teams, you know, whatever. Okay, but that's my point. If he's not performing to that elite level, then he's not an elite coach. If he can't beat the good teams, then he's not a good coach. That just is what it is. I'm not saying the bat the guy is a bad coach, right? I just don't think he's a great coach. All right? He is a run of the mill, beats the teams he's supposed to beat and lose to the teams he's supposed to lose to, Coach. Let's talk about his non-conference schedule, who I have been a major, major not fan of, whatever the word is. I'm drawing a a, a blank on whatever that is, but I'm not good with my words. Anyways, the biggest to lowest percentage drop-off from a regular season to conference percentage, win percentage drop-off, right? It goes Pitt, VT, BC, Wake, Miami at 10.4. And before this two-game win streak that NC NC State just went on, they were both tied, Miami and NC State. Miami is right now at 10.4% drop-off. NC State is at 10.3, right? If I were to blindly tell you, hey, Miami and NC State are neck-and-neck in win percentage and win percentage drop-off compared to their overall season record and their ACC record, you'd be thinking to yourself, wow, that's awesome. The problem is, is that for whatever reason, state fans aren't considering this, is March 
March matters. And, and, and Kevin Keats has not been good in March. Again, call a spade a spade. He has not won a single March game. Not in the NIT. That calls for a mediocre coach. Yeah. Look, man. His non-conference strength of record, right? His strength of schedule record. 2017-2018, 342. In the 2019 season, 353, which was last. That's why they missed the tournament. They had plenty of wins to be in, in in the conversation of being in the tournament. But you cannot let a team in with the last-ranked non-conference strength of schedule. You just can't do it. 2020, 271. 2021, 299. 2022, 253. And I'm going to circle back to that. Give me a second. 2023 was 306, and 2024 currently stands at 324. And this is a stat that I pulled together two weeks ago which was actually higher than 324. So it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse from from when the point that I've made this stat. Now, bringing it back to the 2021-2022 record, that season, 253, worst record in school history, right? That, what was it, 11-21 and 21 team? That horrible team? Something like that. Mm-hmm. I said back in August, and I remember because I had a pod with you Evan, we were talking about the Wright State game. I literally have this on a plaque to this day. It is my highest achievement. It's I, I love this thing to look back on. I said that we were going to get killed by Wright State. And sure enough, we lost by, what was it, 14 to Wright State? Mm-hmm. It was a terrible game. Seven, those lines, that conference, non-conference schedule included four, four, Conference champions in Colgate, Texas Southern, Richmond, and Wright State. We went two and two against those teams. Respect the mid-major. Keats does not. For a mid-major coach to not respect the mid-major, to think that he can outsmart the net, and I've been very vocal about this, Keats to this day thinks that he can outsmart the net by scheduling these cupcake teams and sandwiching these cupcake schedules with one really, really good team in, let's say this season, Tennessee, and sandwiching that with a eh, not-so-bad team in a Vanderbilt or a BYU and think that that's enough that the ACC is going to carry you. And each year in and year out, the ACC has not carried you. All right? I'm not in the boat of thinking that the ACC is this bad, horrible conference like the people make it out to be because – Look at that, Miami. Oh, wow, they're the one ACC team that keeps consistently getting through there. Again, bringing back my point, they are neck and neck with Miami. The problem is is that Miami wins in March. And if you're going to sit there and say, well, Miami has Laranega. Okay, well, if you don't have Laranega, then go hire Laranega. If you don't have Laranega, then get rid of the guy that you have and go get your Laranega. If that's the bar that you want to set, this low bar all right, Miami's reached a Final Four. They reached a Sweet 16. They have won an ACC championship. They are doing things in March, and you are not with your current coach. All right, stop telling me that Keats is fun or exciting or whatever because he wins against Carolina every once in a blue moon or he plays Virginia well or he plays Duke well. His best 
non-conference schedule was 253. That's pathetic. And that includes four conference champions. And he couldn't put together a good roster. Oh, well, Matt, he had so many injured players. No, screw that. Because that was the same exact team, right? That was the same exact team that just a year ago was claimed a top five recruiting roster with your, you know, Nick Farrar and Cam Hayes, who I'll admit, I was a Cam Hayes guy. I've covered him. I was calling his games back at GDS. I thought he was it. He wasn't. I'll take that bullet, right? But again, it goes back to the measurement of talent that Keats is seeing. This is the same guy who, let me flip through my notes. Give me a second. The same guy that signed Ian Steer, AJ Taylor, Cam Hayes, Nick Farrar, E.B. Dewana, Jalen Gibson, who is not playing D1 basketball right now, LeVar Bats. Junior. All right, you jackass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's what I'm yeah. saying. It's like, yeah. it's it's all these, these, these excuses is this and that and this and that. We are in year seven, and your best non-conference is a 253 which was pathetic, and you, you you showed your ass on it. Despite the Manny Bates injury that everybody wants to point to, no, no, I'm not. I'm not going to allow for excuses. I, I'm just not going to do it. I mean, and that's what it is to me. It boils down into not being able to identify the talent. I mean, there were some red flags early when he assembled the the staff that he did, right, and then. Now we have at least a competent staff, and I feel like the talent level has gotten a little bit better, but it's still not good enough, right? It's yeah. still to the point where, yeah, it's not good enough, right? And let's look, let, around, let's look like, at Gonzaga. Let's look at Gonzaga, right? No, no, Everybody, no, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. Go for hey, it, go know, for it. Look at Ole Miss, right? This is Chris Beard's first year, and they're eighteen and four, mm-hmm. right? And they beat the pants off of us. First year, right? It's not hard to turn around a program these days. Nope. You get somebody who can identify talent and get the most out of that talent. And we just we don't. And that's college kind of- basketball is a dirty sport. All right. It is no coincidence that we've had like so much success under Mark Gottfried, who was a dirty coach, right? Let's again call a spade a spade. But we got success. So I ask state fans right now, be honest with yourself. Look yourself in the mirror. Seven years of Kevin Keats, or what was it? Four years of Mark Godfrey that reached two sweet 16s. Ask me what you want. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying stoop to that level, cheat, whatever, but everybody does. It's legal now. Yeah. It's legal now. The whole NIL is one legal money laundering business. It just is what it is. So breaking this down even more, like, do you think that this is, and I haven't looked at, it, I know you've probably looked at it closer over Kevin Keats's seven years, right? Seven seasons. Is it a pattern that we schedule soft non-conference games, right? Dude, is that, I mean, that's not even an argument. I, I would love to hear anybody that wants to, um, dispute that even for a a minute i I don't care 
what anybody has to say. The only season that I personally feel in the seven years that Keese has been here, the only season that was worth a shit in the non-conference was that 2021-2022 season. And it was only 253. And it was also his worst season in school history. That's not like that, that that's not a coincidence. That's not an anomaly. All right. We're seeing should, it now. This I team is not, list. somebody had the list of all the strength of schedules for the his seven seasons. I did. I sent I sent that to you. I that that's that's oh, what have, I'm reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 342, 353, which was last. 271, 299, 253, 306, 324 currently where it stands right now. He's never had a, a single season above 253. That's why whenever people say, oh, Gonzaga plays nobody, why do you think Gonzaga's non-conference is always in the top tier? Because they know, they understand, they have to balance out their schedule. And Keats thinks that, well, hey, if we're top 30 in the net, top 40 in the net, it's going to carry our way as long as we go 500 in the ACC, which he has literally to this point, 62 and 62, been. It's not going to work. Stop trying to outsmart this dumb metric. It's stupid. Stoop to its level if you have to, whatever. But you have to play better conference schedules. You have to. You have to play better competition when you're not playing ACC opponents. Stop scheduling these four-in-a-row cupcake games. Stop scheduling these Charleston Southerns. Stop scheduling these, these no-names. Look, I don't blame you for wanting to put up a 12-1 and or 10-2 or and record going into ACC uh, competition. I get that. That's fine. But you have to understand that you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can confuse the metrics all you want, but at the end of the season, when it comes March and you're sitting on the bubble, once again, it's because you don't have any non-conference wins that matter. So, I mean, you think, like I do, that it's intentional, right? I think it's intentional. Seriously, I really do. I think he's trying to outsmart the net. And it's funny, his quote the other day was, does anybody know how the net works? And I know he was half-joking, but I'm not sure. And that's, a, that's the scary part. No, the net's dumb. I, I am a fan of ditching the net. I, yeah. I am all in favor of that. But when you have a coach constantly scheduling these no-name teams that are – look, we talked about it in the beginning of the season. They weren't even, what, above eighth in, the, in their preseason rankings? Why are you scheduling these teams, right? Schedule maybe one, two, at most three. No, this is a guy that's scheduling these teams four games in a row. After playing Tennessee, boom, another no-name team. It, that, that makes no sense to me. You are NC State. Know who you are. You're, you, you might as well go into the season thinking you're a bubble team. Prove the committee wrong. They're waiting on you to do that. But you're giving them what you what, what they want. They want a reason to, to push you out. You're not an exciting name. They proved that with the net ranking. The year that, that um, it was uh, the, the second year under Keats, 353 in the non-conference, last place. They just needed a reason to kick you, kick you out, and they did because your non-conference sucked. That's why Syracuse and that bubble list was last 
out of, I think it was like six or seven teams, they were last and they got in as an eight seed. We talked about this in the chat. It's just, it, yeah. it, it kills me that you know your record against UNC. You know your record against Duke. You think, all right, if I can get one win against Duke and Carolina, that's enough to maybe push the envelope. But this is the same style with Keats. He he goes 10 and 2, 11 and 1, whatever it is in the non-conference. And if we ever so happen to win one against Carolina or Duke, well, I'm <laughs> that's enough cuz Carolina and Duke, but that's that's such a backwards ass hat backwards way of thinking. I'm sorry. I'm just it is what it is. So say it's 15 and 7 right now. Seven four in the conference. They still third. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, third. Yeah. I, I really, honestly, I don't care about rankings as far as ACC tournament goes until like last weekend of February. That's when like you know things get tight. I want to yeah. say, yeah, because um, there's so many teams right now that are fourteen and seven or fifteen and seven, whatever it it may be. Yeah, six and four, seven and four. All of them are about the same. Seven and three. Yeah. So State finishes with Pitt at Wake, at Clemson, Syracuse, Boston College, at Florida State, at North Carolina, Duke at home, and then at Pitt again. Yeah, we still got eight games. All right. It's a long season, man. 20 games. Nine games? All right. Nine games left. They could, in theory, End up, what is that? Sixteen and four. Stop. I'm just saying, like, stop, what, stop. I'm not saying they're going to. What's realistically the next the outcome of the ten, next nine ten, games? Ten and ten. I mean, nine and eleven. I mean that that I I said in the chat. I think they're going to what go three and six in, in the next. Yeah. What is it? Nine. Um, Look, man, it's just it's the same joke being told over and over again. <laughs> I have been kid into this. I've been lied into this mindset, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to fall for it. We know what what something is. In year seven, if you're expecting anything less or more than what you've seen in seven years, you're just kidding yourself. Yeah. I, I, I mean, look, this is the same team that year in and year out at the end of the year, they play down to their competition, right? They they're a a Ferrari that just is going fast, 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 fast. And then at the end of the season, they run out of gas. 2017-2018, they won five of six games heading into that ACC tournament. Five of the six wins were Syracuse, Wake, BC, FSU, which was number 25 at the time. Cool. Louisville. Right? Like not impressive wins. They lose to BC right after that in a very upsetting fashion. That was a terrible loss for Keats. That's what kills me about these Keats supporters is that, like, don't want to talk about the positives and, and what have you done for me lately, but nobody wants to look at the bigger picture. Lost to BC right there, second round of the ACC after securing a bye. You then go on to lose to Seton Hall, which was a tough pull, but you should have beat them. 2018-2019, 24-point game, all right? Oh, God, he's bringing up a 24-point game again. Yeah, you're damn right. Until somebody scores 23 points in a fuck. Uh, like, <laughs> hold my language. 
Let me let me cut my tongue real quick. I'm I'm going on a burner here. Until somebody scores 23 points in a game, you're damn right. I'm gonna hold that to face value. 24 points in a game is embarrassing, and for you to you know brush that off as if it's nothing is more embarrassing on yourself. We got to talk about it. As much as y'all want to talk about the good, we got to factor in the bad. 24 point game. NIT three and three in the last six games. Last in the non-conference schedule that year, 2019 to 2020, 0-2 against UNC, in which was one of the worst UNC teams we've ever seen to this day, right? With that Cole Anthony team, very vulnerable, very terrible, not good, still kicked you in the ass, beat you to death, right? Yep. 2020, 2021, NIT, you were a three-seed. And in, in, if I'm not mistaken, you were a three seed in that tournament. So you weren't even in consideration of being a tournament team, right? So we are one, two, three, four years into the Kevin Keats era, and you have one season where you are a bona fide tournament team, and you are what, a nine seed? Okay, cool. Uh, you lose to a number one Colorado State team who I think was good, but you were probably better than, let's be real. 2021-2022, year five, you finally beat Josh Pastner and Georgia Tech. You got over the hump. That is Josh Pastner, ACC champion, if you will. Also your worst record in school history. 2022-2023, thump by Clemson, not one. Not two, but three times. Three times. In those three losses, your average margin of loss was 21.6. That is not a talent. That is not a player resume. That is not a referee resume. That is a coach that outcoaches you resume. In the third loss, you had your worst loss at 25 points. It got worse. Each and every time. That is not anything to do with the players. That is not anything to do with your scheme. That is a coach versus coach data point. All right? Call it what it is. Three and three, once again, to close out the regular season, first-round exit versus Creighton, which I will say Creighton was the hardest pool. I give you that. Fine. Still haven't won a, a game in March. 2023, 2024, no major wins. NIT most likely is what it is. So you can keep telling me that Keats is the guy. Let's just stick it out. But sports, again, is a what have you done for me lately? 62 and 62 in ACC. 2 and 5 in ACC tournament. He's never won a game in March. Ken Palm adjusted defense. 109, 62, 79, 87, 246, 82-54. He has never had a top 50 defense since being at NC State. And and we're supposed to trust that this is the year that we lean into the defense? He's still not a top 50 defense. <laughs> Three and two of the NIT, though. That's something to hang your hat on. That's fun. Talent evaluation. Like I said, Ian Steer, A.J. Taylor. I'm not going to go down the list because there's so many. We don't have enough time to go down the list on this podcast. All right? Class rankings. Let's talk about it. 2017, 79. 2018, 38. 2019, 35. 2020, 26. 2021, 26. 
2022, 48, and 2023, 75. He has not had a top 25 recruiting class ranking by 24-7's metric to this point. And you might be saying to yourself, because I agree with you, well, hey, look, screw a freshman. I'll take a fifth-year senior by all means. But look at the fifth-year seniors that he's bringing in. They're backups. Let's talk about it. DJ Burns, the big top topic. Evan, you got to stop me, man. I'm No, keep going, keep going. All right, let's do this. DJ Burns, he was your best player going into the season. That was the overall thinking, the overall perspective going into this season. When DJ Burns Burns placed plus 25 minutes, his the NC State combined record 58 and 73, 44.2%. And losses. That's not good. And it's funny how many people are out there talking about, you know, local radio guys and NC State basketball personalities talking about how DJ Burns needs more minutes. I hope I'm right. I I hope I'm right. My math is bad. I'm not good with numbers. I hope I'm right. But what I'm saying is, is that, NC State this year, when DJ Burns plays more than 25 minutes, they're 6-6. Six and six. And those six wins include Citadel, Abilene Christian, Charleston Southern, Vanderbilt, Boston College, and UT Martin. 9-1 and one when DJ Burns plays less than 25 minutes. Your best player going to the season shouldn't be on the floor. Correct. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I, no, you're I'm right. It's, you know, I, I don't know where to take – the conversation, to be honest, because because I talk for twenty minutes on a rant, I can't even I can't even speak. I lost my voice. <laughs> no, no, I mean it's because it's true. Right? We all kind of know what it is. You know, I, I will wait until the season plays out. You built have... your team around this player, and your p- best player that you built this team around is not working. We're in February, and you don't even right. know your starting lineup. Yeah, that's the thing to me. Like, there's so many red flags that, you know, maybe it's you can you can spin it as a positive thing. Like he's trying to, you know, work with different rotations. But I think that's at this point in the season, it's kind of a weird place to be, right? I mean, I, I don't think that with nine games left in the ACC season, you should be trying to figure out what your starting lineup is or what your best rotation is or what your rotation should be. You know, LJ Thomas a couple games ago was, was playing felt like more minutes than he's played all year. And I think they're probably good minutes. And then all of a sudden he's gone again. The LJ Thomas thing is, is I can't figure it out. I have nothing to say to you. I'm right there with you. There's an account. There's a Twitter account out there that just talks. It just shows LJ Thomas highlights and they are standing <laughs> for LJ Thomas. Like you stand for Ken Hayes and, uh, and Brian. We, we gotta we gotta tag the 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 account when we post yeah. this. <laughs> it's it's great and it's just like and, and I get it. He comes in and it feels like he's he's giving you quality minutes and you're like, where's the kid been all year? And I don't I don't I can't make any sense of it to be honest, man. I don't know what the the solution is at this point in the season. I think it, you kind of know what you got. And it kind of is what it is in terms of yeah. how the rest of the season is going to play out. And and that was my thought process going into this. I said it from the get-go. This is a watered-down version of the team from last year. It is what it is. They're going to be a 7-8-9 seed, and 
they'll be fine. They'll win some games and they won't make the tournament. And, and here we are in February and yeah, not to say I told you so, but you know, I Oh, they're, on, they're, right? they're 14 and seven or 15 and seven. Ho, 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 they're in the mix. No, they're not. No, they're not. They have no significant wins. They're beating You're... up on the bad teams. Yeah, and the the games they have left are all against the top half outside of exactly. the Boston College game. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. And and I'll say this. For everybody that doubted me about Michael O'Connell, what did I say? NC State with Kevin Keats, he needs a pass-first point guard. Michael O'Connell, when he starts, he started in three games. NC State is 3-0. and oh. He's yeah. averaged in those games eight points, four point six rebounds, and five point three assists. He is currently third in the ACC in assist to turnover ratio at three point seven. I'm, I'm gonna put you on the spot. All right, name me another NC State point guard that was inside or just outside the top five in ACC assist to turnover ratio as a starter that made an NCAA tournament. That made an NCAA tournament? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there's only been two I can think of that had a chance, Markel and Jarkel. Mm, there you go, buddy. There yeah. you go. Yeah, you said the GOAT himself, Markel Johnson. Shout out. I'm still <laughs> waiting on that signed jersey. Uh, Markel Johnson in 2017 and 2018 season led the ACC in assists. Seventh in, a, in a assisted turnover ratio at 2.3. In 2019-2020, Markel Johnson led the ACC in assists and was fifth in in, uh, assist-to-turnover ratio at 2.1. It's no coincidence that a pass-first point guard works well in this type of offense. You keep honing in on this Jarkel Joyner season. Jarkel Joyner was an anomaly. We have not had a Jarkel Joyner. Jarkel and Markel are two completely different players. It is no coincidence that you had a player not do it once but twice lead the ACC in assists, was a pass-first point guard who could occasionally knock down three-pointers and was your best teams. Your first year, and what was it, your third year, your third or fourth year, whatever it was. It's not a coincidence that when Michael O'Connell is on the floor, your team is better. It just is what it is. He enhances yeah. players. I think part of that is his basketball <laughs> IQ, right? We talked about it earlier. I exactly. Don't think, I don't think you're coaching anything out of Michael O'Connell. I think he's a better, he's a smarter basketball player than the others. And he plays in control. He is a college basketball's coach wet dream. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's solid. And we've been saying it, you know, most of the second half of this year, like it's, it's obvious that he needs more playing time. Right. Get Horn off the ball. Let him shoot, get Casey in the corner and play three and D and not try to be the man. And I think the offense works a lot better. I think the team flows a lot better. I just But you you've committed just, you committed your roster to a DJ Burns. You did. You, that was your thought process going into the season that you're going to you're going to have DJ Burns down low and you're going to surround him with shooters cuz he's such a good passer and he definitely is. But if you want to make an argument that he is a the third uh, best center in in what you need to win. 
maybe not third best center in talent perspective, but third best center in what you need in order to win. You can make the yeah. argument. He just is. And, and and you've almost shot yourself in the foot. I respected Keats for taking this out-of-the-box approach, right? But at the end of the day, if you don't have a small ball lineup with Keats running the helms, it's not going to work. It's weird to me. It feels like Burns is not having as nearly as good of a year as he did last year. And maybe that's just from no. a scoring perspective. But he is he's got more assists and less turnovers than he has. They figured him out. His stats. They figured yeah, him I mean, out. They have. The teams figured out how to defend him. Right. And look, I man, don't, I, I don't like backing I, I, DJ Burns down from 16 feet. Right. I just think it's a terrible use of a basketball player. No, it is. And it's, it's not, um, you got to keep people on their toes and you got to also give the fans what they want. I mean, how many times were you at a, uh, at a home game in Raleigh and, DJ Burns catches the ball with the fan, you know, chanting his name and and this and that. It's like (laughs) the guy has to shoot. And as a defense, you know, he's going to shoot. So it's like, it's such a predictive offense. It's just like, it's a predictive defense. That's why they're not top 50. That's why this offense got stagnant with Burns. NC State is better with their quote unquote best player, right? Off the floor. This is right. why this is not going to be a tournament team. I've said it from the get-go. I, I'm i just, I'm, I'm out. I'm out on this team. I have been for quite some time. They're going to be a really fun NIT team. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But do you honestly think they're going to beat Carolina? Like, let, no. let, let, let's go through, let, let's ask you, Evan, right? If my Wi-Fi would work. Here we go. NC State. They've got, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games left before the ACC tournament. Home against Pittsburgh. W. W? All right. Mm -hmm. NC State is five and three under Keats against Pittsburgh. Wake Forest. At Wake Forest. L. NC State is eight and three. Against Wake Forest under Kevin Keats. Clemson at Clemson. L. All right. I don't have the win loss record. Ignore that. Syracuse home. <laughs> Three and six against Syracuse. Win. Well, I, yep. All right. So that's what? Two and two? Mm hmm. All right. Keep track of me because I can't. I'm terrible at numbers. Home against BC. They are seven and three against BC. I think that's a that's a win, right? Yep. Three and two. Cool. At Florida State. L. All right. At North Carolina. L. L. Home against Duke. L. L. At Pittsburgh. I'm gonna put that down as an L. I'm I'm gonna say W, but that's I respect that. I was going to put W. I did in the group chat, but I, I switched to L. But yeah. yeah, I don't have any reason for it. But just. So what, seven and three, you said? Or six and three? Yeah, three and six, three wins. Okay, that same thing for me, three and six. All right, so four and five. Yeah, yeah. Is, is that, is that a, a tournament team with no signature wins? Who are we kidding? 
let's say they go four and five. That makes them 11 and nine. They ain't going to do it. Not Tell me that team doesn't seven. need to win the ACC tournament to make the uh, tournament. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not with that out of conference schedule and, you know, no – like – What's uh, somebody else on Twitter has been tracking Keats' quad one wins, and he's three and twenty four. Is that? I mean, that just kind of reaffirms what you were already saying about beating yeah. up on the bottom half. Dude, uh, you can't be in year seven, sixty two and sixty two in the ACC. You just can't, especially for these Keats supporters, right? Like Keats is the guy, right? You can't also say the ACC sucks and be sixty-two and sixty-two. If the if the ACC sucks, you better capitalize on that. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. He's not the guy, and it's fine. You can be a good fan and 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 say that. I don't need you to to oh, Keith's the guy. I got a white knuckle. Like mm, Keith is the guy. Yeah, that's the like, thing for like me. Like a man. lot of people. That's the thing for me is that. And I know Corey from Pack Pride put it out the other day, and others have said the same thing about fans wanting negativity. And I don't, and, you know, Josh Goodson, we're debating about it as well. Like, I don't think any state fan, I, all right, I'm going to say any, I'm going to say 95% of state fans want to win. 5% want to be proven right that Keats is not the guy. But I don't think people are just walking around wanting state to lose. I think that is not. I don't think that's reality. Even if you're off social media, talk to your state fans around you who do like Keats and don't like Keats. They want him to win. They want the program to win. But I think a lot of people don't believe that he's going to, you know, get NC State to the level they want to be at. No. If, if, just, if you're in year seven constantly talking about the bubble, he's not the guy, right? And then, and look, I respect what Corey does. I respect what a lot of people in the NC state meeting, when I was in that room, I got to, to meet a lot of the guys and how to really do respect a lot of the work they do. It's not like a shot that I'm taking at them. I've just taken such a step backwards that I've looked at things with a more realistic perspective. And, and it was, it was kind of funny not to like, Oh, I'm going to call somebody out. That's not what I'm doing. But when I, I don't get on Twitter anymore, I rarely get on Twitter, but, I did see that, you know, Corey and, and um, Goodson had said, oh, like state fans are being negative and, and all of that. And I was like, all right, like if you think people are being negative, like let's look at the facts. And, and that's what, what um, caused me to do the whole winning percentage thing. Like let's look at it, like, right? Like let's call out crazy fans being crazy. Let's call out whatever, you know, and, and, and that – was like a almost like a journalist broadcast like challenge in a way like let's talk about it you know it's good to have conversation like this you can support your coach but also be honest with yourself as a fan you have to separate the two you can't separate the two if you just blindly support if I were to just blindly support, like, you know, we're not we're not doing too bad minus that one hiccup of a year. But if you get into the nitty gritty, right? Like if you talk about this, this coach ain't it. Like, I don't know. 
I don't know how else to say it. And, and we're at this point now, and, and you've said it, whatever line, you know, you cross, whatever line you stand on in the sand, we've gotten this point where it's like, that's where you stand. You can't cross over. You, you made your mark. That's, that's it. Um, well, people I just, don't like to be wrong, right? They wanna, exactly. Exactly. You know, they want to believe. They want to believe what they want to believe, and there's there's a name for that kind of bias, and I can't remember what it is, but it's you know I'm going to believe that Keats is a guy because I said he was the guy from the beginning, and I thought it was a great hire, and and that's fine. Like to look, me, when we go back and look at all the mid major coaches that were hired during that turning cycle, that turning point, Keats was. Easily the best hire, looking at retrospective terms, but not to cut you off. But yeah, no, at the time it was a good hire for sure. No, I don't even, I don't even think of it like that, right? It was a, it was a worthy risk. To me, it was a worthy risk. Like you can look back and now and say, all right, well, he hasn't coached very long in college, right? He hasn't been a college coach for long enough, right? You can see the red flags there. I mean, he was a college coach for three seasons. You know, so you learn from it, but to me, you got to fail faster. And that's kind of what I've been saying is, you know, at some point, you know, you have to recognize where this is, you know, what it is, or it is what it is, right? Move on. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at. Yeah. No, I respect that. I respect that. Yeah. They just, you know, they just need to fail faster. It was a worthy risk, right? Everybody kind of knew it was a risk. You can look at his resume and understand all right, he didn't have the experience, but we thought it was a, it was a worthy risk because he was performing well at Wilmington, right? I mean, it, I, I just I have no problem with it. Now, you just need to learn from it, but people are so tied to it emotionally where they just like, I thought he was the guy, you know, I love this high. I thought it was a great hire, and I believe in him. You want to commit to the process. You want to believe in it. You want to commit to it. You want to trust it. It's just the nature of being a fan. Like, you can yeah. – you could pull for your team and not starting believe. over sucks. You could believe your coach is not going to do it. I don't think so. Like, I don't think starting over sucks. I think you get a, you get a second chance, right? The, where this program is at and where the fan base is at the apathy level. That's what sucks to me. Yeah. I can't stand watching and hearing state fans say that, you know, I just don't care about basketball. And I get it because I feel the same way too. I watch every game, but I'm just like emotionally not there. I'm not as I mean, invested. I mean, and that's uh, where a year at. or hang two on, ago. Hang, on. Go hang for it. on. And that's where, and that's where everybody's at. And that's where you've got to recognize a problem at some point. You look at the crowds in the arena and they're just not there. And, and look, if they make a run, people will show up. But if they finish, you know, four and five or three and six, where we expect them to go, the place is going to be a ghost town. And it's just sad that you've turned a generation of state fans into just like, eh, it's basketball, you know, whatever it, it, whatever it is. To me, that's the most disappointing part. Like there's just, there's no hope around the program. And I really just want, I want to get the excitement back. Well, like, here's a question. I got a question. Cause this is a, uh, a reoccurring question that a lot of people have. Is it necessarily the basketball program that is making you feel that way? Or is it the hope and the um, expectation of, let's say, 
the women's basketball program, the football program, the wrestling program? Like, is it other programs shining a dimmer light on the basketball program or, or is it the basketball program itself? Is it Keith well, and, and what he's doing himself? That that would be my question to you and, and everybody to just kind of mull over. Is what do you what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean it's it's both, right? But the other programs just show me that you can be successful here. And if your administration demands to be successful, you'll be successful. So what's and your def- definition of success in, in terms of NC State basketball in twenty twenty four? What's your version of success? Because a lot of people right now think success is, well, we're on the bubble. You know, we're we're winning exciting games. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I've had this conversation with James Henderson pretty much ad nauseum. We're we're winning I, every one or two games every three on, years against me, Carolina or Duke. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang but on. yeah, like it's it's not good enough, right? I, being middle of the pack. Having a chance, being on the bubble, right? And then people are going to point to, well, you know, you made two tournaments or you made a tournament and then one that didn't happen. You still haven't won a game. You haven't won a game in the ACC tournament, right? At least, you know, at the very least, if you go all the way back to Herb Sendek, he got you to the ACC championship multiple times, right? Mark Gottfried Godfrey. got you to the Sweet 16, right? I mean, there's, I think, the bare minimum success for this program is middle of the pack like you you could go out there and coach this team and be middle of the pack right no basketball coaching experience out you could be middle of the pack right with these with this team i just i I, I just believe the program is what it is and until you get more out of it this is what everybody's expectation is going to be and to me that's the the part that really stings the most is that you're just waffling around Letting people, you know, develop apathy and not care about a very once proud program. Yeah. And it's frustrating as hell to, to watch happen. And I don't expect anything to happen midseason. And this is what James always says to me. He's like, well, I'm not going to do anything midseason. I was like, I get it. But you can at least evaluate what you where you are now, where you're projected to go, and then the past results on your, on your resume. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. what I look at. I, I look at it from a standpoint of like everybody has excuses for Keats, right? Like I do too, right? Like when when all those injuries were happening, I was in that room. That was my first time. Like I was in that media room. I, I get it. It sucked the life out of anything and everything. I felt it even as a rookie in my first year. Like it sucked. But if you're going to hold somebody accountable for this this anomaly, you have to do the same and hold them accountable. You cannot have these Danny Dixons. You cannot have these White uh, Walkers. Wyatt, well, no, no, time out. I, will, I am on James Henderson's team on this one. The White Walkers and the uh, Pat Andre, I will – Go to bat for it. I like that. Two different types of player. But (laughs) but what I'm saying is like those lower level mid major guy. Like shout out Henry. I'm on your team. But what I'm saying is like you you you. It's fine in this era of basketball to take a one risk or maybe a two risk. But when you constantly take these risks and you fail time and time and time and time again, 
It's it's no longer an anomaly. It's a pattern. Right? Like, all we're asking is be a tournament team. Every once in a while, win, you know, a game. Maybe two. Whatever. Just get fans excited again. Get them hopeful. Last year's yeah. team was easily, although it might be top-heavy, easily the best offensive team he's ever had. And he couldn't do anything with it. His first year with Markel and Al Freeman and all those guys, nothing. Didn't do nothing with it. His best teams can't even do the bare minimum. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't say anything more than that. His best teams have not done the bare minimum. And your bare minimum at NC State University should to be make the tournament and ever so often win a playoff game. You haven't won anything since 83, and you're still in the conversation for most championships. Your bar ain't that low. <laughs> it's yeah. not that low. And you can't and, – and, and you, you still can't beat it. I just I, – I, as, a, as a diehard fan, right, for six years straight, would you watch the same – I'd watch the same game three, four, five. Five times around. I watched that twenty-four point game, by the way. Five times. I've seen that ga- same game five times. I watch I, so I, many basketball games, hoping some team's going to score twenty-three points. I I get it, man. I I understand, and and not to toot my own horn or or you know whatever you know, but for me of all people to be apathetic about the current state is. If you know me, that's saying something. So I just think that um, for all these fans that are are calling out other fans for being negative or, you know, bad fans or, or whatever, let's just be honest for a second. Let's be real. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's call a spade a spade. It is what it is. You're not a bad fan for wanting your coach to be better. It just I will is say what it is. this that I hope everything we said is completely wrong and they win the next nine games. I'd love yeah. that. I'd right. love to I be mean, wrong. But people are going to hear it and be like, ah, they just they hate Keats. I was like, I don't. I don't care. I don't care if it's Kevin Keats. I don't. Sure. I just want the program to be relevant. I, 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 got, I, to, I got to talk to him. He, he's a nice guy. He's a respectful guy. He, cool. He ain't winning games. And if you're in a coach and he ain't winning games – I don't give a shit what you are as a person. I, I, you are there to do one job and one job only. All right. Just like a president, whether I support you or I don't, I need you to do a job. And if you ain't doing a job, you ain't doing it for me. And if you ain't winning games in March, you ain't doing it for me. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, it shouldn't be this difficult of an argument. I, I it, it's crazy to me that people get so caught up in this. Um, oh man, remember that Carolina game a year ago where Jarkel caught that lob from uh, uh, Terquavion? Oh my God, it was so loud. Yeah, no, I'd love to talk about the wins in March. I'd call me crazy. I mean, I 
cool. It was loud. I mean, I was there. It was the loudest. I'd say that much. It was it was really loud. Uh, cool. <laughs> I'd love to be loud during March, but we're not. We're not. We're not winning games that matter when it matters. Yep. We are sixty-two and sixty-two in ACC play in seven years. This isn't. This should not be a discussion. This should not be an argument. And I'm willing to have anybody on that wants to argue the fact. I'm not. I'm not calling anybody out, right? I'm not doing all that. We're not getting into that. But Hendy, you know, fucking Corey, whoever. I don't care. Let's talk about it. I love conversation. I just. I think a lot of state fans feel like they need to look through these rose-colored glasses because if you don't. You're this bad fan. You're this horrible, awful fan. And let's be honest. Let's say NC State goes on some crazy run, right? They make the tournament. Cool. Do you really think they're going to win a game in March? Yeah. NIT I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I. And if they do, are you really think they're going to win a second game in March? I mean – What's your bar? What's your bar? What's your what's your level of of expectation? I ask people that all the time. I mean, that's exactly the question. I want to know, man, real quick. Where did you get that jacket? By the way, I've been staring at this whole thing. Like somebody else said, somebody else in the chat is watching. It's a nice thing. one, man. It's nice. I have, no idea. I have no idea. My mom probably got it at Coles and gave it to me something. I have no idea. That's nice. I'm rocking Puma. Oh like I just that's the best logo. You know yeah. what? I'll, t- I'll say this much. I grew up on the uh, the Block S with the NC. So when I see that logo, the woofy, like the, the toughy logo, mm-hmm. I associate that with strictly football. But when I see the Block S, I think of basketball. Is that weird? Um, not really. I think the... You know the block S was on the center court of Reynolds for so long, and it was the it was the logo, and that was the you know sport of preference at NC State for the longest time. So no, I don't think that's weird. Okay, yeah, I just I always appreciated the uh, the block S. It, it felt very powerful, uh, if that makes sense. The the um, the woofy like the head, it just felt very. Um, Jacksonville Jaguar to me, like very cartoony. Does, I mean, am, I get am, it. am I wrong in saying that? I think so, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, think so. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm not a fan of the. Um, I, I was never in a podcast just because <clears throat> every time I travel and people look at it, I'm like, oh, Stanford. I'm like, no. Oh, Syracuse. No. Like, well, okay, enough. Look, I, I, I said this in the chat, speaking of football, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this now. I was actually in Myrtle Beach when our quarterback, his, his name still to this day is, um, you know I me, mean, I'm a basketball guy. I love football. I love NFL football. I don't really watch college football like that. But what's his name? Who are you talking about? Come on, man. He's like your – Wet dream. He, he, you have a poster of him in your bedroom wall. The quarterback we just got from Coastal. Oh, Grayson McCall. There yeah. we go. Exactly. You just knew it, just like that. So you love yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was actually in a Chick Fil A line, and um, I was ordering a chicken sandwich. And behind me, I, I've got my NC State uh, hoodie on at the time because that's why I wear to the gym. 
and uh, these these two older couples were behind me, and they were talking up a storm. Man, they hate us. They really, for any NC State fans out there listening that watch football regularly, Coastal Carolina fans despise us. They are beneath themselves. So, shout out McCollum. He McCall. McCall, sure, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I heard a lot of really derogatory things that I can't say on this pod uh, that uh, they feel about NC State fans. So I just wanted to share that with everybody. They're very upset, <laughs> to say the All least. Right. <laughs> so that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. I have no idea how we got there. I do want to go here real quick because I asked this and nobody said anything. So I'm going to ask you right on the spot. Harry Potter. Doesn't do it for me. You, mm, if I could go through this screen right now and punch you, I would. You don't like Harry Potter? No, my wife loves it. Uh, I'm into it. Just, I was in the time that didn't, didn't really matter. Yeah. What are you like a Lord of the Rings guy? Like, I don't even like Lord of the Rings. Like, they're too long. What, uh, what the hell do you like? What I'm, I'm sorry, I grew up with what? Star Wars, so that's like I'm. Oh the my generation. god! Yeah. All right, are we talking like first generation, my generation, like early two thousands? Like, what? What are we what talking? I mean, what? I'm talking. Are we talking the first trilogy, the second trilogy? Like, oh, I'm the originals, but I like them all. I'm very easy to please. I'm a terrible historian, which I've claimed, and I don't judge movies. My my judgment is: are they entertaining or are they not? Okay. Like, there's some stupid things, sure, but well, I, let's I like do this. What, what's your what's your top three Star Wars? Like, I'd love no, to know. No, 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 not doing that. Not doing that. Come on, that can of worms. Nope, that's a. Real I'll, I'll do this. I'll do this right no. now. I'll do this no. right now. No, I'll uh, ask these questions that people ask you in the pod chat. All right, fine. You're you're running I'll from the from the smoke. You're running yeah. from the smoke. Whatever. I am. What is the best case scenario for the rest of the season? Worst case scenario, most likely scenario. Uh, best case scenario is we make the tournament and then lose in the first round, but that's not going to happen. So the best case scenario is uh, we make the NIT win two games and then lose. And then worst case scenario is we lose out and um, this, this team regresses back to the means. There's no way they can lose out. Oh, oh well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the lowest bar. I mean, they're not losing to Boston. College. Well, if you're not going to give me your Star Wars top three, I'm not going to give you. <laughs> I'm not doing that right now. I'm not getting into Star Wars. Right now. I will give you a question. Give me just answer this for me. Is Revenge of the Sith top three? Uh, I have no idea. I ain't God. God. Oh. probably. I don't, I don't, it better I don't, be. I need, it better I need to be my list. No, I don't. Evan, have Revenge of the Sith was so good. Yeah, I, it was I so good. Like I said, I don't. They're in one ear and out the other. You're probably a uh, Disney Star Wars guy, aren't you? No. How important is it to <laughs> set fan expectations? Get off Star Wars. I'm trying to ask you some questions here. Ah, man, Star Wars. Um, <laughs> fan expectations. Uh, I mean. Look, I, I hate to be that guy, but your fan expectations should be the product that is provided. Um, your fan expectations should be, man, I'd love to win a game in March. That's where we are. 
That's 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 who we are as a program. Mm. Let's call it what it is. The current coach that we have has not won a game in March. Let's call it what it is. You know. Per ESPN, DJ Burns averaging twenty five point four minutes per game for the remaining games. Is he playing time? Is his playing time over or under twenty five minutes? If they want to win, it needs to be under. Like I said, when he plays twenty five minutes or more, he they are six and six, and it's a very very, I'd argue, worst six wins of the season um, in Citadel, Abilene Christian, Charleston Southern, Vanderbilt, Boston College, and UT Martin. He needs to be playing less, less minutes. He needs to be playing situational minutes. You need to bring him in, in, him in for um, certain offensive um, situations. If he is not going to be the product, then he cannot be the outcome, if that makes sense. He cannot sure. be the focal point. He can't be it. He cannot be on the floor. He has to be the focal point. And it's very situational. It's very small. It's very incremental. They're not a one when he plays 25 minutes and less. He has to play less minutes. Fact. When we hire Ganey, does he keep Levi? <laughs> Good question. I said yes. I say fire them all. Uh, all right. I'd like to know. I think you probably. Oh my god! My dog is hour. chewing her entire leash up. This is great. Anyways, keep going. I'd like to know what you think about the overall program. It feels like we need definitive answers on Keats this season. It, I could turn into a season, or it could turn into a season where we don't make the tourney by a hair or a limbo on what to do. I think we pretty much answered that question. Um. I, we are in limbo. It's just kind of what we're not even limbo, level. man. Well, we're not, but it's kind of the level of where the program is. I, I think that's middle of the pack. That's kind of where we are. Look, man, if you're at a bar and it's one in the morning and you have not talked to a single girl, chances are you're not going to go home with her. All right. Like <laughs> it, it don't matter what girl you talk to by this point, you're drunk and you cannot, Woo a girl into it unless she's desperate. And if she's desperate, then she ain't worth it. So this season is not worth it. It is not uh it is it it is not the season to buy in on, is what I'm saying. Right. Um it is not the season to even if they are, okay, let's say me and you, Evan, are completely wrong, right? This is not the season to buy in on. We're going to, let's say, best case scenario, make the tournament. Woohoo! We're 11 seed or a 8 seed. Still not better than what you've done. Still not better than what you've done. Uh, somebody in the chat, I can't, I, I can't remember who it was, but they said we are at, uh, what, fourth or tied for fourth and is the least excited fourth seed I've ever felt in my life. That tells yeah. you all you need to know. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. I think we beat this dead horse long enough for now. Um, I don't know. I'm Like I said, I'm, I'm going to sit back and wait. I kind of have my mind made up, but I'm not out there banging the fire Keats drum today. Right. I, I don't think he's the guy. <laughs> I don't think he's a guy. Matt's making drum 
mistakes, uh, movements. Yeah. Um, I don't know how good it serves anybody right now, but I do think, you know, it should be like the broader point of this conversation was to have that conversation. I think people can talk about it. You can talk about where the program is and, and expectations and not believe in, in, in this guy being able to do the job. I think that's a fair conversation to have. I still want us to win, right? I hope, again, I hope we're wrong. Everything we said is wrong. He wins nine games, wins the ACC tournament, you know, puts a championship up and, you know, everybody can laugh at me. Well, I'll say this much. Whose ceiling is higher, Keats or Musselman's? No, Musselman's already proven he's he's, he's gone farther, right? Thank you. He's got that. So, if you haven't been following, there's some weird stories coming out of Fayetteville, Arkansas, where um, there's a weird love triangle between three of the players, and I think Musselman is taking some heat for it. And there's, you know, rumors are that he wants. That's a weird situation, man. Oh my god, I don't even know how to comment on it. So weird. Uh, Yeah, no, you gotta you gotta uh, word your. wording very carefully it's 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 an odd one to say the least um yeah muscleman yeah, another... to nc state let's go let's, yeah, let's, let's start, start this let's train. Start train let's sit, yeah. get the must bus you know rolling <laughs> you know you know what's funny is i put out a tweet <laughs> after the game whatever game georgia tech game i said good win where are the haters at now and the responses to that tweet are saw hilarious. that saw that because everybody took you very serious, but I knew personally, like, like he's not serious. I at just all. wanted to see where the, what the reaction would be, right? And it's funny, like the people who listen or people engage with. Dude, him, I, I'll tell you what, man, and and I said this in the group chat. It was the Vanderbilt, either the Vanderbilt or the BYU game. It was a loose ball. I'll still to this day, I'll say this. It was a loose ball. Case Marcel, he went for it, and and. You know, they got in a little tussle and, and fucking, you know, pushing and whatever broke out. And from that point on, it proved what I already knew about this team. It was well, a Travis very Ch- mentally weak team. Travis Childers said it best. He responded, we aren't haters just because we think it might be time to move on from Keats. I love NC State. I'm always happy to with a win. But at some point, the overall results have to be better. It's as simple as make the tournament and he gets another year. If you don't, then it's time. Like, What's his name? What's his name? Travis Childers. Tra- Travis Childers? Yeah, Childers. Shout yeah. out. Shout out to Travis, man. I mean, yeah. I mean nail on the head. I don't I – don't... That's, that's the right response, right? Everyone... Yeah, no, absolutely. You're not a bad fan if you shine – if you You're not necessarily shine ne- negative better. light. You're just shining yeah. a light on it. Yeah. Um, no, I I'm respect not out there that. In all caps and emojis, right? But I was just wanting to see the reaction of folks. No. Well, look, man, you better get your top three Star Wars list together because on the next episode, if you don't have it, I'm coming for you. All right. All right. All right. I'll. I'll I need. I gotta remember all the names of them. Like I. You, you gotta narrow it down, and if you and, and I'm telling you, if you have a Disney. Even if you're in your top five, I'm hardcore judging you. You better not. I you you better not. It, they're all so bad. The Disney Star Wars are so bad. Oh, they're terrible. I couldn't tell. Don't you. Don't do this it. Is, here's here's how non-critical I am. I couldn't tell you which ones were Disney, which ones aren't Disney. Oh my god, 
Yeah. Evan. I told you, in and out. Like, I, I watch it. Is it entertaining? Yes. Good. I like it. Yeah. Evan. I'm super, super. I need you to get it together, man. No, I got better things to worry about. You me? got you got to get it together, man. Well, no, you watch Mandalorian. Have the Star Wars conversation. I'll, I'll have this conversation. I will. <laughs> have you shout out Will because he knows good cinema and you don't. Have you watched uh, Mandalorian? Yeah, oh, Mando's great. Okay, yeah. all right. Andor's I, good. I, I, I like weird. Good. I like weird stuff. So I've been watching this um, on Apple TV. It's called uh, Severance for all my Apple TV. I'm watching Masters of Air on on Apple TV right now. I don't know what that is. Um, it's like Band of Brothers, but for the Air Force in World War II. I think. Well, if it's anything like your Star Wars uh, <laughs> opinion, I mean, it's probably terrible. <laughs> you're not going to see me on Rotten Tomatoes writing reviews. Like, is it good? Yes. Is it bad? No. I mean, <laughs> is like, it? Di- I, I don't know. It's did Star I enjoy Wars. this? Yes. <laughs> did I not? No. Like, yeah. You know, it's hard. really funny though. I, I last thing I'll say this. I said it in the group chat. I live about five or six minutes from this movie theater that I grew up going to. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up here all my life going to this cinema called Brassfield Cinema. And it had these you know, neon lights. It was very iconic for all my Greensboro natives. And uh, in 2020, they went bankrupt and they got bought out by Golden Ticket or you know, whatever it is now. And every Monday... I watch my show and and I go in there and I buy a a big old bag of popcorn and I take that same bag of popcorn. I go home and watch my show and I go to bed with my dog and um, kid you not everybody listening that this last Monday, the girl that was the manager there, she gave me an entire uh, car seats worth like a trash bag worth of of uh, movie popcorn and gave it to me for free. And I kid you not, I just finished it today. And this is like a week to this day <laughs> that I've been munching on this. I mean, this is so much popcorn guys. I love movie popcorn going back to the whole, you know, girl scout cookies. I'm more of a popcorn guy, but I learned how to make movie theater popcorn at home. And it is, I, I'd, I'd love for you to judge how close it is. I will. I, I, I will. I dude. I am a, uh, a movie popcorn connoisseur. I will <laughs> definitely judge it. I'll tell you what. What are you making for the Super Bowl? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, we're going to my buddy. We're going to a buddy's house for for once. Uh, You're not going to make anything. I'm sure I will. I don't know. You better don't be it. that guy. It, don't don't be that guy to not bring Monday. a, a single Monday. thing. It's Sunday. It's Sunday. <laughs> It's mon- no, it is Monday right now. I am no, it's Monday right now, but the, the game is Sunday. If you don't yeah. bring a single thing on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm not worried about what I'm bringing six days from now. Oh, I already got it planned. Okay. I got little little calzone bites for everybody. A little garlic parm. You know? nice. Who, who's your Super Bowl pick since everybody's asking? I mean, it's probably be Patrick Mahomes. It's hard to pick against Mahomes. All right, what's your score? No idea. 34-27. Oh here's, here's how discount. It's a NFL blowout is. like that? 34-27 is a touchdown game. It's guaranteed, everybody listening, the pod fighter is a Swifty. Guaranteed. 100%. I mean. He's a Swifty. I don't care either way. He's a, he, here's, hey, here's how little. He was listening to no, no, Taylor Swift on, before hang on, this. Hang on. 
Hang on. <laughs> I gave up fantasy football this year and have Loser. not watched a single game of the NFL this year, and it's been fantastic. It's been great. I didn't Loser. Know was playing Loser. Until Loser. No, no, no. I got better things to do. NFL is 24-7. I don't care that much. Dude, I'll watch I, I made guys. my fourth yeah. championship in fantasy football, and I am 0-4. I'm still, to this day, trying to reach yeah, my okay. uh, first one. I, I actually put uh, 50 bucks on the Niners winning. I, straight up. Just Niners winning. No money line. Nothing. Just Niners over Chiefs. If I don't win, okay, Anybody listening, please give me a job. Please, for the love of God. I am so broke. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Somebody give Matt a job. <laughs> let's right, go, let's, let's go Niners. This is enough. Yeah, it's, enough of this nonsense. Plenty. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the pod. Matt, thanks for your time. Thank we'll you, do man. This again Thank you. In probably a few more games, I'll get Will on here to talk some football at some point when. I can find him again. I don't know where he's been hiding. He went to Mexico, and I'm not sure he came back. Mexico. And yeah. So, yeah. But as always, thanks for listening. Support the pod. And uh, join us in the pod chat if you if you want. As always, go pack. Spider-Wall. Spider-Wall.